Good morning. So good to uh, see everyone this morning. I hope everyone's had a, an awesome start to the new year, enjoying the nice weather. Um, I've had a good break, had a relaxing break. This break brought a, a series of firsts for us. We uh, celebrated Camden's first swim in a swimming pool, which was cool. Um, Ivy had her first McDonald's cheeseburger, which was a milestone. She smashed it too, so it was a proud dad moment. Uh, and we had our first time getting lost on a family road trip, which uh, was the, the least of the highlights. I was very unpopular for about 90 minutes. Kids were crying, I could feel judgment surfacing from my wife, just going to blame it on Google Maps. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm really excited about this year, uh, the excitement's been brewing and I'm genuinely happy to, to be back, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about what God's going to do this year in each of us and through us collectively as a church and I've got a few hopes for this year, my, my greatest hope is that by the end of the year each and every one of us would look a little bit more like Jesus we'd look a shade more like him, we would be following him perhaps in a deeper way, we would reflect his character maybe a little bit greater. Uh, my hope is, is that as a church collectively we would live a bit more into our church vision, which is to be a family becoming wholehearted followers of Jesus together. And my other hope is that uh, through the change that God's going to bring about in our lives, that the lives around us and our community at large would be blessed that's what our name Echo is all about. Those are some hopes and beliefs that I'm holding uh, for this year. And uh, to start the year, we're going to be starting off with a series called Living on Purpose. Uh, we're going to spend four weeks in this series. And the big idea is that we live in a world that has a cultural current that is not propelling us towards Jesus, but it's actually pulling us away. I'm going to say it again, the cultural current that we live in is not, not causing us to follow Jesus more, but it's actually looking to pull us away. So if we want to follow Jesus in a greater way, we need to be more intentional about how we choose to live our lives. Our key scripture for this series is Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1, which says this, We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. The author here is saying that we need to live with a degree of intentionality. There needs to be a fixing of our eyes. We need to be intentional because otherwise we are likely to drift away. And so in this series, we're going to be talking about what perspectives, what choices, what decisions might I have to make this year so I'm living in a way that is intentional, that's leading me more into the plans and purposes that God has for my life instead of getting pulled by the cultural current which surrounds me. Uh, so I'd like to start this morning by, by praying, if you'd bow your heads with me. Holy Spirit, we invite your work right here and now. We open each of our hearts. Would you speak to us in a way that only you can? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if you're a note taker, which I encourage, uh, the title for my message is My Days Are Numbered. My Days Are Numbered. And I'd like to start this morning by asking us all a few questions. Can you raise your hand if you have ever had a brush with death? Like if you've had a near miss, uh, some, an accident that could have been worse, perhaps you were nearly hit by a car, a um, lot of hands going up, pretty much every hand in the room. Uh, put up your hand if you've had someone close to you 
that's passed away before their time, that's passed away early. A lot of hands, most people in the room, and, and even put up your hand now if you know someone that is really unwell, that is really unwell and they probably didn't foresee that. Can you raise your hand? I think pretty much every hand went up in the room. Uh, just in the past six years in my life alone, I, I had a friend that didn't make it to 30. I had an auntie that passed away before she was 50. We've had two members from our church uh, go to be with the Lord. And what these questions remind us of, it reminds us of the truth that our days on earth are numbered. Our time on earth is fleeting. It's, it's fragile. It's quick. And as much as we might not like remembering that, when we live with this idea that my days here are numbered, it causes us to live with a degree of intentionality because we don't know how long we might have. Living with this perspective that our days are numbered, that our lives here are limited, it's a wise perspective to have. Uh, in Psalm 90, Moses, the great man of God, prayed this prayer. He prayed this, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. In other words, teach me to recognize that my time here is short, that I might maximize it and make the most of my time here. When we read through the New Testament, we see clearly that they had this perspective that our lives mattered. Christ could return. Our time here is limited. They lived with a degree of intentionality, with mission, with purpose. And I think we should live the same way. Something that's true is any time we think that we have more of something than we really have or than we, that we need, we tend to waste it. I've got a few examples for you. Uh, for example, your, your pantry is really full, which usually is the case after Christmas. You've got ham in the fridge, you've got cakes to get through, your, you've got an abundance of food in your house. You tend to overeat. You tend to eat more. You tend to be less measured with how you eat your food. Now, if you get down to your last box of crackers, all of a sudden food becomes very precious. You're measured because it's scarce. Similarly with money, you've, say you've got uh, an unlimited amount of money, you're going to be less carefree than if you're down to your last penny. All of a sudden money's precious because you don't have much. It's the same with our lives. When, when we live with this idea that our lives are fragile, that our days are numbered, that we've only got a limited amount of time here, we're much more likely to maximize our time than if we over-assume over how much days we really have. Does that make sense this morning? I'm going to ask you another question. If you had only one year to live, how would you assess with how you're currently living your life? If someone said to you, hey, you've got one year left, how would you assess how you are living your life? Would you be happy with how you're spending your time? Would you be happy with how you're spending your money? Would you be happy with the things that you are currently prioritizing? Uh, it's quite interesting, in, in my research for this message, I was reading a book, uh, and the author talked about how he interviewed a series of people that had literally been given a death date. They had uh, been diagnosed with an incurable disease, and they were told, you are going to die on this date. And of course, we know that, that God performs miracles, and that, that doesn't have to be the final say. But what I found really interesting was that these people that had been given this death date, all of a sudden, they had a radically changed perspective on life. All of a sudden, some things didn't matter. 
all of a sudden their priorities changed. All of a sudden, because they were told they had a limited amount of time, they couldn't afford to waste a single moment. Now, why wait until you're given a death date to live that way? Why not live with a degree of purpose and intentionality and effort right now? What activities would you eliminate with that in mind? What activities, if you only had a year left, would you spend less time surfing the net? Less pictures posted on Instagram? Less overtime at work? Less online shopping? What activities would you eliminate if you only had a year left? And equally, what would your priorities be? Would it be your relationship with God? Would it be your relationship with your family? Would it be your relationship with people? Would it be the ministry and the calling that God has put on your life? Would it be sharing the gospel that others might go to heaven with you? If you knew your time was coming to an end, would you live your life differently? These are great questions to ask ourselves. And in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus shared a parable uh, really to illustrate a person that had got their priorities wrong. And I'm going to read this parable in Luke 12. So I'm reading from Luke 12, 16. These are the words of Christ. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Isn't it challenging? Jesus is saying it's so easy to begin to prioritize the wrong things. It's so easy to become focused on this life and look to accumulate and enjoy all the things that we've accumulated while missing the point that one day we're going to pass and we're going to cross over and we're going to enter a new life that lasts forever. Conversely, in his most famous sermon, he, he urges his followers to live in a way that they store up wealth in heaven. Matthew 6, Jesus says this, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and will not steal, wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will also be. Where are we storing up treasure? How do we store up treasure? We give our lives to things that last. We live with a, a sense of purpose and intentionality. We are ambassadors of Christ. We live reflecting his character, sharing his gospel by the way we conduct our lives and by our words. We're generous. We spend our money to see people saved, to see God's mission advanced, uh, to see the poor taken care of. We prioritize God and we prioritize people because these are the things that matter most. You know, later in his sermon, Jesus said, 
when we put God first, all of our other natural needs fall into place. When we put God first, our lives are ordered. Matthew 6 says this, So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give everything you need. He's saying, put God first, seek him first, and everything else will fall into line. You can trust him. And so for the rest of my time this morning, I want to talk about what might it look like for us to live with a sense of purpose? What might it look like for us to live with this truth that, hey, my days here are numbered? And I've got three questions that I believe we can ask ourselves in order to live with a degree of purpose and intentionality. The first question is this, what do I need to prioritize in my life? What do I need to prioritize in my life? What are the things that I need to put at the top of my list? What are the big rocks that, is, that are going to be set in my calendar? What are the things that go up first so that all the lesser things come in around them? Uh, we're each got to do that ourselves, but I've got a few suggestions. Prioritize your faith. How do we do that practically? Practice a daily time with God. Everything in our lives is meant to flow out of our intimacy with God. Our, our relationship with God is meant to permeate everything we do and say. And a relationship can only be formed through time. Yes, talk to God on the go. Include him in all of your lives, but carve out some time where you sit with your father, where you listen to his voice, where you pray, where you read his word. That is, a, that is a habit that will change your life. Have a daily time with God. How next do we prioritize our faith? We prioritize gathering with the saints to worship him. God has instructed us to come and gather on the Sabbath to worship him because it's something that forms us. It's a way of putting him first. It's a way of putting first things first, giving him the best of our time. Have the attitude that as for me and my house, we will be found in the house of the Lord worshiping him. That will change your life. Prioritize Christian community. Those relationships are meant to change us. God puts us in a family. Make time in your calendar if it's a small group fortnightly or weekly or an informal thing to gather with other Christians to pray, to share stories, to encourage, to edify. These are habits that will change our lives and will change everything else we do. Prioritize your family. After God, they are your first calling. They are your first ministry. Invest in your marriage Invest in your children. Don't give them your leftovers. Prioritize your health. It's very hard to serve the Lord well if you're unhealthy. It's very hard to live out the call that God's had on your life if you're not healthy. Prioritize exercise. Prioritize rest. Prioritize healthy food. Prioritize people. Invest in your close relationships. Make space in your life for people that don't know Jesus. Practice hospitality and prioritize work, both paid and unpaid. God has given us a vocation through which he wants to make his redemptive purpose known. These are the things I would argue that we should prioritize. Our faith in the practices that form it, our family and people, evangelism, our health and the unique work God has assigned us. I encourage each of you, go home today, write a list and be like, what are my priorities this year? 
What are the things that I put in first so that I know what to say no to and I know what to say yes to? What do you need to prioritize in your life? The next question we need to ask ourselves is this. What do I need to eliminate from my life? What do I need to eliminate from my life? Often the problem is it's not wanting to prioritize the right things. Like I'm sure all of you agree that most of those things I said, you're like, yeah, they should be priorities. But the problem is because we want to do everything, often the most important things get choked out by the lesser things. What do I need to eliminate from my life? The Chinese inventor and author Lin Yutang said this, The wisdom of life consists in the elimination of non-essentials. Besides the nobler art of getting things done, beside the noble art of getting things done, there is a nobler art of leaving things undone. Beside the noble art of getting things done, there is a nobler art of leaving things undone. Sometimes leaving things undone is more important than getting things done. What do you need to eliminate? What can you strip back? What can you take away so that those most important things last? Solomon, the wisest king who ever lived, put it this way. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Better less with peace. Better less with a healthy soul. Better less with a healthy marriage. Better less with great friendships. Better less on fire for God than trying to do it all and chasing after the wind. What do you need to say no to this year? You know, if you learn to say no, you'll trade popularity for respect. What do you learn to say no to this year? And finally, and I'll have Simone up, the final question we need to ask ourselves is, do I have an eternal perspective or do I have a temporal perspective? You know, this is a question that we need to continue asking ourselves, and it's a great great prompt to ask ourselves when we're making decisions, because it's so easy to get sucked into a temporal mindset where all of our decisions and choices are based on 80 years on earth, when actually our true home, our true abode, the place that lasts forever, is the life after this life. We can spend our time living for a dot, instead of living for the long line of eternity. We can spend our time living for a grain of sand or a speck instead of for living for something that lasts forever. You know, if our true home is in heaven, everything we do in this life should be about preparing for eternity and helping others get there. And the reality is, is that when we pass from this world, we're going to stand face to face with our Lord And he's going to measure our lives in love. But this is what Paul says about it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due for the things done well in the body, whether good or bad. And he's not talking about salvation here. That's about our faith in Christ. The reward we get in heaven, how we will spend eternity, is based on our faithfulness. He's going to say, son, how did you live your life? Did you spend your time building my kingdom? Or did you spend your time building yours? Did you finance the things that I cared most about? Or did you spend everything on yourself? Did you live for me or did you live for you? These are questions that we're going to have to answer. I'll put it this way. If you went and saw an investment advisor 
and he said, hey, you've got two funds that you could invest in. If you invest in fund one, you'll get an immediate return. It'll last for 80 years, and then it'll be gone forever. But if you invest in fund two, you'll have to wait 80 years, but then when you've got it, it will last 80 billion, trillion, zillion years. Now, you'd be a fool to invest in fund one, wouldn't you? That is what we do when we live our lives with a worldly mindset, where things become all about this life, we're storing up treasure in something that doesn't last. Let's live for the line of eternity. Let's give our time, our treasure and talent to see God's kingdom expand. Live with a sense of mission that our lives matter. You know, we're coming to a close now, and I just want to recap What we've been talking about, the idea here is my days are numbered. I don't know when I might go. I don't know when Christ might return. But even if I live 100 years, my time is short in comparison to eternity. Let's live with intentionality. Talked about three questions, which are up on your overhead. Go home and ask yourself these questions. What do I need to prioritize? What do I need to eliminate? And is my mindset eternal or is it temporal? What would it look like, Echo, if each and every one of us did this? If we were like, my life matters. I'm going to maximize every day I get for the Lord. Do you think more people would get saved? Do you think God's kingdom would expand? Do you think our lives would flourish? I think the answer to every one of those questions is yes going to finish by praying. I'd like to invite you to stand. I'm going to read a prayer that David prayed in the Psalms, and then I'm going to pray over us and the worship team. You can come and join us. Psalm 39, verse 4 to 5, David prayed this. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be, Remind me that my days are numbered. How fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At at best, each of us is but a breath. Lord, we thank you for the gift of life. We thank you that we get to live in your creation. We thank you that you've got a unique plan and purpose for each of us. That you recorded all of our days in your book. Lord, would you teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. That we may live wisely. That we may give our lives to the things that last. Lord, would you help us prioritize the right things. Would you help us eliminate the less important things? And would you help us have an eternal mindset that fixes our eyes on eternity and on your coming? Lord, I lift up each and every person in this room this morning and I bless them in Jesus' name. I bless the relationships in this room. I bless the health in this room. I bless the businesses in this room. I bless minds in this room. Holy Spirit, would you minister to each person? I bless our community of Fokatani. Lord, we pray that your kingdom would come in a great way. 
that many people will enter your kingdom and that you'd be glorified. We give this year to you, Lord. We lay it at your feet. This is your church. Our lives are your lives. May your will be done. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you.